Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. This, this is RS1. Is RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Hello everybody and welcome along to our coverage of the final race in the Championship of the Continent for the 24-hour GT Series and the 24-hour TCE Series, both powered by Hankook. We're in America, the sun is shining, we're just south of the Bergstrom Airport, which means we're in Austin at the Circuit of the Americas. And all of the weekend's action is coming to you live in audio. And after this session, we'll turn the cameras on as well so that you can watch and listen to how things wind up in the 2018 Championship. And it's all live here on RS1. The Hancock. 24 hours of Circuit of the Americas on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Just coming up to one o'clock in the afternoon, local time, six hours behind the United Kingdom. Shea Adam is alongside me. Good afternoon, Shea. Welcome back to the Circuit of the Americas. Hello, John. I am so happy to be back, not only to this beautiful circuit, but to covering this series again, because Creventic really have things the right way around. It is for people's enjoyment. And you look through the paddock on the brief lunch break that we just had, there were a lot of smiling drivers walking around in their fire suits. And it wasn't because the session was just about to start it's because they felt proud to be wearing a fire suit and you get a lot of that in this paddock it's a wonderful place to be and in november the weather's been well idyllic today might not be so for the race though we might get the full span of weather forecast for the weekend and john and i are both very familiar with the fact that at circuit of the americas when it rains it doesn't just rain a little does it uh, no, it absolutely <laughs> pours down. Absolutely pours down. Um, as far as the championships, we've got two different uh, standings here. Uh, as far as the championships, there's the 24-hour GT series and the 24-hour TCE series. And uh, as far as the championships are concerned, let's uh, check in with Joe Bradley down in the pit lane. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you today? Never- ah, you're on that one. Good. Oh, no, you're not. You're on that one. Um, Sorry. All right. Go on. With you now? Yeah. Excellent. I tell you what, we have got perfect, perfect conditions to run racing cars around a track. There's a cool breeze, so the engine's like that. It's not too hot. However, the sun beating down, it's got me. I'm I'm almost in a T-shirt here. So the track temperature's going to be pretty high, but the air, the actual ambient temperature, is pretty cool for the engines. It's perfect, absolutely perfect. And more importantly, more consistent out there, certainly for free practice. I know the weather's going to forecast a change for us over the weekend, in fact, over the course of the race. Joe, as far as the championships is concerned, let's start with the 24-hour GT series. Uh, the 
team, one of the two teams that are leading, Leipzig Motorsport, aren't here this weekend. So they won't add to their 46 points. That rather leaves Car Collection Motorsport in a, well, not a commanding position, but in a decent position with a five-point lead over the rest of the field. Yeah, but five points is nothing when you consider that because this is the final round, that 1.5, like one and a half uh, times the points allocation is given for where you finish in this race. So, hang on, I'll get my slide rule out Excellent. and my calculator. Good. And as we progress through the race, thankfully, on the 24 Series website, we've got a dynamic and live championship update so that we don't have to use our slide rules. Because my, I've got to tell you, mate, with... Uh, we've got, for instance, in the TCE Championship, we've got six points covering 11 drivers. How do we, how do we work that one out? It's as we as we go through. I was going to get race. to that. All oh, right, okay. Well, I've, I've jumped ahead of, of time. Yeah, I mean, it it's really really tight. We've got um, we've got the Pro Sport car. Don't forget the number 85 Mercedes team. They are They've here. already clinched the European Championship, and they'll be wanting to take their second championship. Oh yes. And they are very very much in contention. As are, of course, um, Car Collection, the Audi. Um, you can't discount them. However, two teams that are going to want to spoil the party. Herbert Motorsport Porsche, of course, as ever, here at any of our 24-inch series. You cannot ever discount them. But to spoil the party this weekend, we've got two Black Falcon Mercedes. No Scuderia Praha Ferrari has made the uh, trek across the Atlantic, but we've been... Uh, we've been brought along we've actually brought along two black falcon mercedes and they have got if you look at the driver lineup in those two cars you cannot discount them so championship wise completely different kettle of fishes this year to what we might see uh, develop in the race and underneath the um, thin veneer of a race we've got a championship that's going to be won this weekend uh, as far as the drivers are concerned Matthew jamin here jim jam's not here so that puts ralph bone uh, and Robert Renner, Gabriele Piana, not here either, along with John Louis, Jasper, they're not here. Um, uh, although um, Ralph Bourne and, and Robert Renner are. Um, so that's, uh, that's, again, that's interesting. Now, let's move to the 24-hour TCE series, as you mentioned. Uh, Hoffer Racing, powered by... Huffer Racing, powered by Bonk Motorsport, heading uh, the championship, but just by two points in the teams there, Joe. Yeah, I mean, there, there are there are 11 drivers covering six points. I, I would think we're going to get a shared drivers' championship, as is always the case in endurance racing, where a number of drivers share the same car, so they're invariably going to score the same amount of points. We get very little variation in driver lineups across the TCE field. You can't discount the Baskutin cars, um, certainly for the race, but that, that could mix up the championship, but very strong indeed because taking maximum class points is how you win championships here and you i, I think the uh, the hofer bonk motorsport car in cup one that that's got to be in strong contention to lift that tired championship uh drivers carrie pecker laxonen is leading along with anti berry they're both here gustav engler and Eng, how do we say that engelhardt is it Eng, engjaringa ah now he's our disabled driver uh martin kroll uh, Michael Schrei, Michael Fisher, Bernd Cooper, they're all on 56, one point further back. So that's going to be nice and tight, as you say, in the Drivers' TCE uh, Championship. It is very, very close indeed. And as far as the weather's concerned, as we've mentioned, it's pretty decent today. It was uh, snowing here on Tuesday morning when I came to the track, uh, but it's brightened up and we've got top temperatures around about 20 degrees Celsius forecast for the weekend. Possible 
shout. Uh, she is actually wearing a T-shirt um, and with nothing over the top of it, which is quite extraordinary. Um, and the, the weather for the weekend is pretty good. Possibility of some showers on Sunday. This is a split race. The majority of the race happening on Saturday as it did last year, but she not quite the same uh, split as far as the timings are concerned as we had last year. Because I think from memory, and bear in mind, I wasn't in the booth last year. Um, <laughs> I think it was 14 hours and 10 hours last year. It was, yes. Your, your memory does not fault you on that. Although, as you rightly mentioned, you were slightly distracted. So you weren't exactly looking at the timetable as to what we're going to be doing. But to start things off this weekend, we've already had several test sessions that have been open to the entire grid with people taking place. By the way, green flag is out, and we've already had two and a half minutes elapsed of this practice session. Nobody has come across the start-finish line, though, to begin a fast lap as of yet. And as I say that, the number 114 BMW begins his first lap and will be the first car of the session. And that is the JR Motorsports BMW from the SP2 class. But before we get there, we've got an hour and a half of practice now. This is the first official session. Then we go into qualifying later in the afternoon 3.50 local time, so that's just before 5 o'clock if you're on the East Coast, just before 2 if you're on the West Coast of the U.S. TCE qualifying goes out first, so that'll be about half the cars that are here this weekend. They have a 25-minute session to go out and set a time. 25, 45 minutes, sorry, there's me looking at numbers backwards again. Then we have a slight pause, 20 minutes, before we send cars out for GT qualifying in the night practice. But as you said, John, it's a lot more even this year. Yeah. 11 and a half and 12 and a half. Uh, right Turn Lover is the first correspondent on the Twitter at uh, uh, Radio Show. Uh, at, uh, sorry, what is it? At, at Studio. Do you know what? I've gone blank. RSL Abs Studio. I've got absolutely blank yes as rsl underscore studio that's because i've been doing so much imsa radio uh, lately at rsl underscore studio and um right turn lover said i've got a bit of a headache uh, friday afternoon can you provide me with a little bit of amg v8 i think you might have just heard one rumbling out there onto the circuit nick damon is in the booth with us this afternoon as well good afternoon nick <laughs> morning john how are you uh, and uh, obviously uh, you'll be going out into the cold of the evening session later on i'm doing a bit of this and uh, we're doing a bit of the qualifying as well and uh, yeah I'm, I'm doing bits of all for all the four sessions we have today as long as we, we, we back up this in about uh, uh, an hour off, this one ends with qualifying, starting with TCE qualifying, and then a short gap for GT qualifying, and then a lovely time for the supper before an hour and a half of night practice that starts at 7 o'clock local and goes at 8.30. And you will hear all of us, myself, Joe, Bruce, and even we'll release Shay. We're even going to release Shay into the pit lane. We know it's worrying for the public, but we will do it. Uh, and speaking of uh, none other than Bruce Jones, let's uh, have a chat with him and bring him into the broadcast as well. Good afternoon, Bruce. Hello, Bruce. Hello, John. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yeah, very yep. slow switch on, on the microphone. Ab, as Joe touched on earlier, fantastic weather conditions down here in the pit lane. And uh, it's my first visit to the Circuit of the Americas. No. Wanted, wanted to come here for years. And as always, when you come into track, you're just dying to see the bits. But what I wanted to see was how steep the climb was up to turn one. And, of course, in return, the drop down through turn two. And I can see why drivers come from across the globe to come and uh, play here. 
uh, this weekend. It's such a sinuous circuit as well, you know, John, but uh, to come and lay eyes on it for the first time. I'm just going to go down. I found Martin Lanting in the pit lane. Martin, sitting down in the sunshine, what brings you here? Uh, excitement, because uh, we came here last year and uh, the track is so demanding that I thought, well, one 24-hour race is not enough. So. Quite right, and that's very much the sort of the Creventic way, take you to good circuits to come and play. You're driving the JR Motorsport BMW this weekend. Is it a car well suited to the curves here? Yeah, well, uh, the, the car has been uh, developed from a, from a street car uh, M3. It's now really a proper race car, and uh, we, uh, we, we have to to size down the car a little bit because of the fuel because with, with uh, racing fuel we can uh, put some extra power on the car but uh, here we are going for good for good lap times uh, based on a, on a mapping with, uh, with this fuel That's just the technological part for you drivers now just do the driving best of luck, enjoy your time here Thank you very much there we are, John Martin Lanting in the 114 BMW which I think Shay said was the first one to set a flying lap uh, let's see if we can speak to one of our... Thank you, Bruce. Sorry. Uh, let's see if we can speak to one of our championship contenders. Uh, Charlie Putnam is here this weekend. The United States entries up on last year. I think the seven US flagged teams. That's teams. 12 different nationalities on teams. Uh, we're more than that in terms of uh, driver nationalities. Joe Bradley is going to nip into the back of the Mercedes AMG garage and see if Charles is about. Joe, are you there? Yes, and uh, he's looking very relaxed at the moment. Charles, just a st oh, I was going to come down to you. Just sitting at the back of the garage. Firstly, can I start with congratulations on you and the rest of the team for the European Championship win last time out at Spa. You can congratulate us as much as you want for that. We, we appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pretty big thing for us. I know it was a lot of effort from a, a lot of people, wasn't it? It has been, and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, we've been with the series here for about four years, and just piece by piece you build, and then things finally fall into place, and, and you get a championship. And, Charles, you've got a chance of another championship by Sunday evening. Uh, any thought being put that to that whatsoever? Well, we're really just looking at this at a race where we have to go out and, and perform really well, like every race. I think sometimes if you, you keep your eye too much on the championship, uh, you forget what you have to do at the moment. But we kind of come into this, uh, this race a few points down, like to car collection, like they did to us at Spa. So they sort of control their, their destiny, but we have to do our best and, and see how it comes out. Absolutely. Thanks again, Thank Charles. You. No doubt we'll get a chance to speak to the Pro Sport uh, team line up uh, Charles Putman, Charles Espenlive, Joe Foster, and Adam Christodoulou, which is who has been a massive asset yes, to this has. team this year, and uh, no doubt. Um, I'm not saying it's all, it is a team effort, a massive team effort, but Always. a very, very key element to this effort this year has been Adam. Because when, when you plug that guy into that car, that car's going as fast as it possibly can. Sure, Bradley, part of our pit reporting team here uh, this weekend. Circuit of the Americas live on RS1. It is the final round of the Championship of the Continents for the Hankook 24-hour GT Series and the Hankook 24-hour TCE Series. Early times coming in, Shane. No surprise who's at the top. 
quite a bit of ways from the lap times that we saw during the practice session. The best time being set by Yelmer Berman right now in the number three Mercedes. His time was a 210.9, and the fastest we had from this morning was a 207.3. All right, it's quite a bit warmer out there now than it was earlier, but I would still expect the times to be down in single digits in terms of the two-minute, and then another number. The first one should be a zero following, but it's interesting that our first two interviews of the weekend are two guys who both raced here last year with very different results. You have Martin Lanting, who drove in that BMW that's out on track right now. They didn't finish the race. Then we went on to Charlie Putman, who won the 991 class in 2017. So he moved up to a Mercedes AMG in the A6 AM category. It's, uh, it's interesting when people get ensnared with this track. It really drags you in, and you want to come back and beat it in the oh. same car that you've already done it. Uh, an extraordinary circuit. It might not be everybody's favorite Formula One circuit, but for GT cars, it really is a super place. You've got that long back straight just to calm yourself down it it is really a, a circuit of of three parts the first part up to the, the the start of the back straight the back straight itself and then the run back of the checkered flag and the first and the anybody can be quick down a straight bit i'm as quick as anybody on a straight bit i can put my foot all the way to the floor as good as the next person i have proved that many times over and but the first bit and the third bit are two completely different characteristics. It's like they've been taken from two different philosophies. Um, fortunate enough to have a, a few uh, laps on Thursday and just to remind myself how the track goes. It's not as it was last year in a couple of key areas. Some of the bumps have changed. Some of them better, some of them for the worse. On the back stretch, do you mean that the bumps uh, the, have moved? The, the back, the back stretch isn't quite as bad hmm. uh, is as it looked uh, last year, and it felt last year. Now, bear in mind, I was on a street car with straight tyres, um, and not in a Aston Martin GT8. Um, but the exit of turn 18, mm -hmm. um, the bump there is considerably less worrying for the car in terms of, of how it upsets the car and that might just change people's uh, way of coming through that it, it's now not a triple pressure corner you can make it a four pressure corner and it actually works better uh, that way around uh, more on that as the weekend goes on and we get some on boards as well let's head down to bruce jones again who has one of the american interlopers this weekend on home ground andrew davis he's down in the pit lane Andrew, we've just heard on uh, John Hindhoff been talking about where the bumps are on the circuit. You've raced at the Circuit Americas quite a lot. Do you find every time you come here, there's a slightly different uh, circuit to go and play on? Well, yeah. It, to be honest, yes. I've been at the circuit since it opened. I think 2013 was the first season. and you know, We had perfect pavement, one of the smoothest tracks I've ever been on. But since then, it's uh, it's deteriorated. Uh, you know, there's uh, lots of things going on. They've had some weather phenomenon here, some settling of the, the, the soil, I think. But every year it seems to be getting worse. And as with any racetrack, you know, we pound it in brake zones and in uh, the heavy compression spots. And if you look at where the worst bumps are, that's exactly where they are. That's where that load, you know, that longitudinal load into the pavement itself, that's where they, you start getting these ripple effects. Okay, let's start talking about the curbs as well. After you've come down from turn through turn one, down through turn two, you get to those wonderful S's. High curbs beyond there, but I gather this year, they don't seem quite as harsh, or maybe that's just the inference of someone who's just had a quick look at them. 
Yeah, you know, the, the other thing about this track is there's several different styles of uh, the pyramid curbs that they put in there at the apexes. So, you know, the first thing I ever do when I get here is I go out and look to see which one it is, because some you can straddle, some you can't. And then depending on the series you're running in, you're looking at track limits violations if you use the curbs too aggressively. But, you know, the curbings here are, are you know, are proper FIA-style curbings, so they're definitely usable. Now, you do have to be careful in a 24-hour race, which I've never done here at COTA, um, you know, on the abuse over the time, depending on the type of car you're in. But in the sprint-style races, it's a fun track because you can really clobber those curbs and it gives you good sensations. So right in a 24-hour race, you've got cover of darkness, Andrew. Best of luck. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, a very good point that Bruce was making to Andrew Davis. Uh, Im's a regular, of course, share. We know him very well indeed. Um, about those uh, pyramid curbs, they do seem to be not as harsh as they were last year. From my view, again, I was in a streetcar not using them. I, I hasten to add. But the other thing I noticed is they haven't been cleaned up and repainted since Formula One. So they're very black. They're hmm. going to be difficult to spot in darkness. And that will be something that will uh, teams will realize what happened to their car when it comes back and the wheel <laughs> is completely cambered the wrong way. Did you hit the curb? No. No, didn't no, hit no, anything. No. Not. And then you see the onboard. There is a yellow flag out at turn eight that has now been removed and a message on the screen, the fuel pumps at seven and eight. So keep in mind, this is a Creventic series. There's no yeah. live refueling in your pit boxes. You have to go to the gas station effectively. Which has changed since last year as well. The way you get in and out, yes. Yes, and it's, it's changed... Uh, slightly where it is it's in the back of the paddock and it's not in exactly the same place last year there was uh, a bit of a crossover because you came out of the pit lane and instead of going up the the hill to turn one you just slotted gently to the left giving way to people coming out uh, from your left hand side went round the back of the uh, medical center building actually that's at the exit of pit lane and as soon as you rounded the far side of the medical center that's where the fuel pumps are that's changed for this year you pull over to the left, going out of the pit lane. It's a hard left, straight then out into what was the back of the paddock last year. And there were yeah. some... Oh, I know why. Because there, were, there was a track day coming up on the Monday and the Tuesday that they were setting up for. That's already happened this week. So there's more room in the back of the paddock. That oh. makes perfect sense now as to why that is. So you, you turn hard left. The fuel pumps are then right there. And then you do a U-turn and come back and then turn hard left again back on. So there's no crossing over of cars this Much time. Much safer. Much safer. And also, you know, when you've just jumped in the car and you've had all that excitement of, right, get ready, get ready, it's nearly your turn. It's, have I, have I got, oh, I forgot to put my A-plugs in, take the helmet off, put the radio plugs in again. Right, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Jump in the car, jump in the car, jump in the car, jump in the car. Burr, down the pit lane on the pit lane speed limiter. And then... I've got to look left to make sure there's nobody coming out because the last thing you want to do is the very moment you've got in the car is to T-bone somebody who's coming across in front of you or vice versa. So no, much, much better uh, as far as that is concerned. The other thing I would like to pick up on from Bruce's chat with Andrew Davis is that he mentioned this is his first 24-hour race here at Circuit of the Americas, but he's a race winner here. Oh yeah. On route to his 2015 Grand Sport Championship in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge, he and, and Robin Liddell won the race here it was brutally hot, the two of them in a Chevy Camaro. Yes. He's got a lot of experience around this track and other cars. And why is that relevant? Because he is also a Porsche driver. He has a lot of ties to that Good manufacturer. Point. He's coaching the guys driving in the JDX entry this weekend and driving in a BMW. He's a very busy guy. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, TCR class. 
uh, sitting down overall in 17th position, the top TCR category car is one of the Baz Kooten machines, the Cooper TCR DSG. Gee, they've got one for sale at the moment. I noticed 89, uh, 88, 9, I think it was, uh, in terms of Euros, ready to go. Uh, Ronnie Yost at the wheel of the number 129 car that sits at top of the TCRs. It's Team Ultram Peugeot's 308. Mark Shio behind the wheel of that one at the moment in second. And the second NKPP Racing, or second Baz Kooten car, the NKP, NKPP Racing 175, another TCR with the DSG box. Uh, Ronald Verman uh, is in third position. First of the Audis uh, is next up in fourth. That's the Sork Rensport, Bjorn Simon, uh, on the 152 at the moment. In Cup 1... Uh, at the moment, Hoffer Racing powered by Bonk, the championship leaders uh, in uh, the TCE series. They are leading in their BMW 235 Racing Cup car. Uh, that's the uh, 131. Michael Schrei behind the wheel. He's in the running for the Drivers' Championship as well. Comes into this weekend just a point behind Kari Pekka, Laksonen and Antti Buddy. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of the other classes as well. GT4 with uh, a decent six-car entry this weekend. And clearly one that I'm watching very carefully in Dave Brookspeed with Ian James. 15th overall for the Porsche Cayman GT4. Best lap of a 2.21.668, which was done last time around by Ian. And Ian attracted the attention of the racing stewards because he went a little bit too far off in turn 19 and a warning popped up saying, we're watching you, Car 40, don't do that again. And whilst we're talking about GT4, let's uh, get down to the pit lane and say good afternoon again to, uh, to Bruce Jones, who has a bit of bad news for once. Uh, Bruce, go ahead. When you call your team Perfection Racing Europe, uh -oh. I guess perfection is what you're aiming for. They've got the Ginetta here, but unfortunately it's in component parts this afternoon while everyone else is having track time. Do we know what the situation is and, and, and what at the they're moment, chasing? Well, they're fitting a new uh, rear... Well, the support for the rear wing is being worked on under the engine. They've taken the floor off, they've taken the bodywork off, and they're fiddling around under there just on some suspension mounting points at the moment. Uh, and I can't tell you what else, but the fact is I don't think they'll be going out until the last half hour of this session. So valuable track time when the track conditions are brilliant uh, mm. and uh, they are losing that. But the Danish team, I'm sure, will step up. But right now, they're going one step forward and two steps back. It's Bruce Jones down in the pit lane. Let's take a look at the 991 category. Uh, McKay Snow uh, in the 91 car with the best time at the moment for Wright Motorsports. Another one of the US teams who've decided to come and have a play in a couple of uh, pretty well-known uh, IMSA Porsche GT3 uh, Cup Challenge teams in Wright and JDX have come to play with a, well, a galaxy of stars, Shay. I was surprised not to see Kelly Moss Road and Race when I was just yeah. reading down the entry list because it just seemed like something that would uh, come to Good flow. Point. For the right car, Anthony Imperato, a guy who has been very impressive in the GT3 Cup this year. He was at the top of the charts for a lot of the practice and qualifying sessions. Fred Pordad, a 
perennial regular in the series. He was second at this track twice when we ran in 2016. He is very good around Austin since he's just from San Antonio, just up the road. You've got McKay Snow, who did this race last year in Cup 1 categories and now being back behind the wheel of a Porsche. And with John Wright on the pit box, it's very familiar territory for young McKay. And then some guy named Jan Halen. He's, he's never raced a Porsche before. He's, he's not a champion in that. He was out last weekend, of course, at the IMSA Encore at Sebring. number of drivers have made the trip up, as uh, have I, to this weekend's action. Uh, Jan, who is also doing a bit of uh, series officiating uh, as well. Uh, look at the top of the charts. It's Herbeth Motorsport now, the 911, the number 911. Rolf Burnt out in that car. Best of a 209885.031 of a second ahead of that Pro Sport performance. Mercedes in second. Mention here for third place, best uh, uh, second best of the A6 Pros because, of course, the Pro Sport car runs an A6 Am. Uh, this is the SCG 003C, the Scuderia Cameron Glickenhouse car. And that's uh, the number 49 machine with a very creditable time of 210.239. They have two cars this weekend running in slightly different uh, I guess slightly different uh, states of tune because one of them's running in the A6R and I think the other one's running in SPX isn't it? Well and different uh, driver lineups as well for the two cars which is interesting because in that second car the light speed racing entry uh, car number 704 Jeff Westfall we know he's fast in these cars he set the pole position at Nürburgring a few years ago Andreas Simonson the Swede oh no, sorry they're in A6M my apologies they're in A6M yeah uh, the 49 car the other SCG entrant though they are A6 Pro. Pro yes so the only quote unquote unknown in the 704, so the one that is in the A6AM, would be John Miller or Craig Stanton, both of whom are very well known over here for being capable drivers. Yeah. So they might be a dark horse to come in, not only get the A6AM win, but go for overall. Cracking interview with the MD of Glicken uh, House on not last show, but the show before, wasn't it, on the big interview uh, with uh, Jesse Cameron coming on the programme and talking to us about the plans for hypercar road cars gt3s uh, possibly even other versions of that boutique brand in the us so what have we not picked up sp3s led by the lamara cup number 238 and thierry suave at the wheel of that at the moment we did cup one sp2 we do sp2 i don't think we did uh and it was different when we did it and it's now it is the JR Motorsport BMW that's leading that category. Martin Lanting who we spoke to earlier on early moments then of this session with just over an hour and six minutes to go we're live from trackside at the Circuit of the Americas on RS1 part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels with the pit lane team of Joe Bradley and uh, Bruce Jones and in the booth with Shea Adam and myself is Nick Damon we'll get Nick back up as well he was being a very good doorstop for a moment I, earlier. I've found my vocation, I think. I am the man who keeps the air flowing. But you're... Well, but, no, that is very true. But, uh, but you've been replaced. I have been, I've been completely replaced by the responsible adult who's done some fantastic work with cardboard. Small piece of cardboard. But it's yeah. quite a large piece of cardboard, to be honest, and it's multifold. It's the origami of doorstops. Excellent. Later on, you're going to make a swan, aren't you? <laughs> I, I think you should fasten your 
chair back <laughs> up straight. Otherwise, you are just going to lounge yourself into an afternoon snooze. I'm, but I've only got 20 minutes. I'm on. Oh, I'm on. <laughs> I'm on, love. I'm on. on. Right. Okay. No, I've finished doing the important work, which is the spreadsheet to work out the very complicated rotor for tomorrow and, and uh, Sunday. Right. Okay. Ooh. Seems reasonable. Um, Herbeth Motorsport, uh, Nick, they come, they see, they conquer. I know they've managed to get both Renauers in the team because uh, we've had a uh, missing Albert on, uh, on an event. We've had a missing yeah, Robert on a couple of events as well. So. We've borrowed one of them in IMSA for some of those events. It was quite amusing actually when I came to interview him at the end of um, a Petit. He was, he was very surprised to see me. Like, what are you doing turning up here? I'm safe from you here. But it was great because I knew it was him because he was the only one there. So I could tell him apart from himself. <laughs> ah yes, I see what you mean. Identical Nick, twins. Nick Damon will be down in the pit lane later on. Joe Bradley is there now with some Mercedes AMG news. Uh, yeah, it's the 890. It's the uh, the Rentec Sports 890 Mercedes that I saw out the back of the pit garages, and I, I was wondering if it was a spare car. It hasn't. It's been wheeled out of the, into the front of the garage. Um, I asked one of the drivers who was just sat um, kind of at the side. What's going on? They're basically cleaning the car off, and they've got a. In the background, you can hear that noise. That's an air blower uh, around the engine bay, just blowing what looks like an already pristine, just come out the cellophane wrapper engine bay. So I'm not really sure what he's blowing off. Um, and the driver, I asked what the problem is, why the car hasn't been out already, and he doesn't know. And I said, What's the job going on? And he doesn't know that either. So if they're not telling the drivers anything, then they're not going to be able to tell me anything. It's been put together, Joe. I can tell that from here. It must be, mustn't it? <laughs> it, must, it must be getting put together to go out on track for the first time. Yes. Um, but it has run uh, in the private sessions. So maybe it's maybe just they just did an job. engine change. No, it's not that. Definitely not. Really? No. I'm going to ask the question. When when this thing when the dust settles, as they say. I'll ask the question, what's going on with this 890? But right now, there's a lot of activity on it. But it's not frantic activity. You know, it's not like they're, they're dashing to get out in this practice session. They're just going about it, just ambling about it, to be honest. Thank you, Joe. Joe Bradley down in the pit lane with Bruce Jones. Uh, Nick, you've seen the majority of these uh, races this year. This, of course, the final event for Creventic and the 24-hour GT, 24-hour TCE series, uh, powered by Hankook. A good season of racing? Yeah, excellent. I think we've had a very good season. I think it's, um, uh, oddly, what I remember most tends to be the weather, how cold it was in, um, in Silverton, how hot it was in Imola. Um, but the, the racing has been very high quality. I think we, we've had a, a, a good event in, I can't, think, I can't think of a bad race we've had. Um, some great performance by Scuderia Praha when, they, when they've been there. They've been the class of the field when they've turned out. They've been probably actually better than Herbert this year. I think have suffered slightly from their uh, constantly changing lineups. Mm. Um, but yeah, and obviously the, the, the breakout performances by ProSport, um, who you know came came with the Mercedes uh, after years and years of running in a lower class with the Porsche, and have put in a, a kind of like a textbook um, sort of um, description of how you should run when you enter the AM class in a Coventic race. You you get three very experienced drivers who just keep it going round and round and round and round and round. Then for the long race, you stick a hot shoe in. And, and the net effect is they pick up points the whole time. They don't have accidents. They, they, they've managed to do a, a very good job in the amateur class. And yeah, they've, they've, I think, bested the traditional amateur favourite, which is Hoffa, uh, and put in a great performance. I think they have been the, the, the you know, the, I don't know, the, the nomination for team of the year. There was such a thing. Already we've seen the calendar out for 2019. Some of the events we knew... Um, for example, we start off the 24-hour of Dubai at Dubai Autodrome, 10th, 11th, and 12th of January. That was announced last year, and they are very good at getting their dates locked in 
early Kravendik, but nice to see us uh, going back to Bruno in the European uh, Championship. It's even nice to go back to Mugello. Uh, Mugello, <laughs> yeah, and I can do that when I've not been to Mugello yet. So Ooh. I'm very excited about um, going to Mugello. When's that? Oh, yes, 12 hours. Right, it's, it's, I think it's moved back a week so to the very last weekend of March now. Correct, 29th to 30th of March. And then we go to Bruno, which hopefully, which is a fantastic no, circuit. 12 hours of Spa. Spa, which is, oh, let's move to the beginning of the season from the end. Yes, correct, 19th to 20th of April. Then Bruno in May. That should be lovely. Portimao in July. Could be yeah. a bit toasty. Yeah. Uh, 24 hours of Barcelona uh, at the end of the August, beginning of September, position. which clashes with Silverstone, of course, the uh, WEC, the first round oh, of the no. World Endurance Championship for that season. Um, 24 hours of quarter back here at the 15th, 16th and 17th of November. So same weekend mm -hmm. again. And I'm just looking to see what else we've got. Oh, the GT and Proto Championships go to Algarve. No, we mentioned that. I don't think there are any standalone events apart no, from the, right, right. Um, the, the other the sub events into the Middle East. Well, the, the new addition is TCR Middle East, which is now being hmm. run by Kravendik, which will have standalone events at Dubai at the end of January, Abu Dhabi at Yas Marina, 1st and 2nd of Feb, and then the following week it's back. So it's three consecutive weekends wow. back to Dubai. Uh, so you take your cars out the Middle East and basically stay there. A two times 30 minute sprint races each event. And there's an endurance trophy as well. There is so, a, there has been a TCR Middle East, which has run with a sort of a seven to ten car entry over the well, last couple of years. Well, we had them at Dubai we had one two year. years ago. We had the first ones. And, um, with the Alpha, with the Julietta, was And it there. was won by the Just car, which remember. then went on to take into the main race. Audi. And it was the XBTCC racer whose name has gone out of my head. Can you remember who it is? I'm letting you struggle. C yeah, because you can't remember either, can you? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to shout up from the pit lane. Oh, I was very surprised. Oh, I've got his face. James K. James, James K, K, yes. Oh. Yeah, very good. <laughs> well done. And then they took the same car into the 24-hour race. With a few different tweaks, yeah. And then last year they ran the series as a standalone series under a local um, uh, managing uh, agency of racing management, you know, like, a, like a Bark or a BRCCC equivalent in uh, the Middle East, and this year it's going to go under Creventic as the organisers. Uh, looking forward to going to Mugello then at the end of March. Is that Easter weekend then? No, Easter's way late this year. It's the oh, 21st, it? 22nd of April. Right. I know Easter because I'm back in the shed this Easter, so I'm planning on getting a three or four extra layers. Okay, so Mugello in March is going to be. Well, I'm, I'm calling road trip for that. Bradley, fancy a road trip to uh, <laughs> Michelle in March? Drop, almost dropped my mic, getting it switched on there. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm in, I'm in. Good. Of course, you need someone to share the driving with you. What are we going to take, though? I'm taking the bike, mate. You can sit on the back. Oh, sorry, I think I'm busy that week. Okay. <laughs> Do you have an oboe lesson or a library <laughs> boot you have to take? On the bike? I've, I've, I've been known to fall asleep on the back of one of your bikes. Yeah, so that's how smooth yes. I ride. That's how tired he was. Uh, he falls asleep at anything. All up, true. Joe, Joe can fall asleep on a clothesline. No doubt at all. Go ahead, Joe. I can assure you, I've been on the back with Hindhoff. It's better with your eyes closed, I can assure you. <laughs> uh, if you want any more details about the European Championships, Championship of the Continents, or any of the 24-hour series events by Kravendik, just go to 24hseries.com. Uh, it's all online for you there we've got just under an hour to go and it's the two black falcon mercedes amg gt3s at the top of the time separated by just on half a second here and i'm i'm happier with those times i can believe that this is much 
closer to what we should be seeing, a 208.3 versus a 208.5. And the fastest time of this morning session, which was the Aston Martin right close toward the end, was a 207.3. I would say there's been about a second worth lost in the track from the conditions just heating up throughout the course of the day. By no means is it hot, but it certainly isn't as pleasant for these big engines out there now as it was first thing. Herbeth Motorsport, the best of the non-Mercedes, the 911 in third position. So that's three of the A6 Pro cars. The best of the A6 Am is in fourth position, and that is the Pro Sport Performance Mercedes that uh, that team that Nick was uh, putting uh, his vote in for Team of the Year. Then the Scuderia Cameron Glickenhaus SCG 003, that's the Pro car with uh, Felipe Fernando Lazer at behind the wheel. Mike Headland, uh, great to see Mike here in the 41 HB Racing Ferrari 488 GT3, second in A6AM, sixth overall, and they're, they're running in the 211 uh, uh, bracket there. Uh, best of the 991, still the right motorsport car. Um, okay, Snow not wanting to give that over at the moment, as in, <laughs> and is in the top 10 at 10. And uh, so that's pretty good. I, I still think that's a great way to go endurance racing with a 991 Cup car. Uh, and there'll be a, a few more of those Gen 1 cars for uh, available for people to, to give a go at. And they, they just, I'm, I hope I'm not jinxing them, but they do just seem to go on and on and on. And they've got big tanks. So in these races, Nick, and particularly here and at Dubai, we'll often see them well inside the top 10 on pace but also on fuel mileage yeah they're normally in the lead or about, about an hour and a quarter in after them when everyone else has come in stop they are happily in the lead for about uh, 20 minutes before they come in about an hour and a half and then sometimes they actually pop in again during the second rotation yeah very um, good based on the fact they are running with 120 litre tanks and they're very uh, economical in comparison to the big old gas guzzling gt3s just uh, saw somebody getting a note about turn 19 there that is uh it's the one one four uh, that is Martin. the gr motorsport bmw the m3 f80 endurance and running in sp2 uh, that's the second to last corner the very quick left hander after you've come out of that long long right hander you can get the left hand wheels over the sausage curb straddle the sausage helps you turn the car but the you miss your turning by a fraction there and from the apex out the, the camber of the road isn't helping you and oh, there's plenty of room there you're not going to have an accident but you can easily run off the track I can't help feeling that if next to that corner there was a concrete wall the drivers would sort it all out and they'd have it they'd just use it regardless whether they'd slightly miss the turning or not they wouldn't be hitting the wall they'd work out how not to do it I yep. think you're probably right Oh, in fact, I'm so, so I've literally taken all my sympathy. You can't be sympathetic. You were using your driver's head then and being sympathetic, and I'm now using my harsh, harsh observer's head and going, no, if it was, if it was a shark-infested pool, you'd make the corner. Well, uh, that's an idea. It's hard to keep the sharks Alan McNeish uh, suggested that once, um, that we should have shark-infested pools at the I'd edges. like to make a point here. I've never heard anyone call for track limits at Monaco. <laughs> yep. Shakians. Oh, hang on. What, what, someone did drive, into the, did, did drive into the harbour once, didn't they? Mm. And they, they did it again for the movie. Yeah. Do they put sharks in the swimming pool turn at yeah. that? Uh, oh, there's plenty of sharks. There's plenty there. of sharks in Monaco that weekend. Sharks, yeah. <laughs> and cougars. Uh, we're not even going to get into that. And other forms of animals. <laughs> nope. 
The number two, the car that has gone fastest so far in this session, has had its team manager asked to go to the principal's office. So perhaps Hubert Haupt was using a bit more of the track, listening to you guys and noticing there were no sharks out there. Uh, you can't make time. I mean, at, you 19, at 19, it's it's ridiculous for people to say that you don't make time now. You can make a huge amount of time because you just take more speed through the apex. And, you know, and, and speaking as someone who learned about data, looking at data last year and looking at certain laps and trying certain things, I can tell you, you can take maybe eight or 10 kilometers an hour quicker through there. Whew. If, you, if you're prepared to risk a track limit call. If you think no one's watching, then you can do it once. Correct. Someone's watching. Someone is always watching, especially in qualifying, which will be mm. the next session to come up later on. And there will be people who try it. It's uh, just a question of how quickly their lap time gets deleted. Cars we haven't seen at the moment, that Perfection Racing Europe, Janetta G55, GT4 Evo 2, that's a 2017 car, and the 239, and also not seen the Mercedes-AMG GT4 Vrentec Motorsports, that's the Ducati family outing uh, with, uh, with a few friends in that uh, as well. They've enlisted the help of Paul Barnhart Jr., who's done some racing in the GT3 Cup Series, but it was quite some time back. He did race here in those cars, though, so he's got experience. And then some Canadian guy by the name of Kyle Marcelli, who's turned out to be pretty handy behind the wheel of a racing car. He also has a win at Circuit of the Americas, driving an open cockpit car, though, back in 2013. So it's going to be uh, going to be an interesting weekend. But for these guys. I can't help but wonder if maybe they're just sitting this one out because they had an engine oil issue last year, and uh, it was Wayne Ducote who gave us the interview when he was a bit heartbroken after that. I can give you an update on the Janetta situation. That's uh, the 239 car that you mentioned there. Perfection Racing Europe. It's a car out of Denmark, it's in the GT4 class. Lot of work going on on all around the car, but from what I can see, so for instance, rear body were completely off the car and people underneath, but no really sort of major stuff off the car like gearboxes or rear axles or anything. I'm gonna try and get a word with one of the drivers who I believe, he looks like he's one of the drivers. I'll find out who he is. Excuse Their drivers me. are leading the GT4 Hello. championship. Excuse me, sir. Are you one of the drivers from this Jeanette? Yes, yes. And who are you? I'm Michael Klosterman. Michael, you are able to tell me what's going on. There's a, a lot of work going on on the, on the car. Is that because of a problem earlier today? Yeah, I, I lost it uh, at the corner four and uh, came backwards into the tire mark and uh, we had to change the back end of the car and uh, uh, right uh, end in front as well. Right, so is this your first time at quarter, Michael? First time you've been at this track? This track is first time, yeah. It's a very, very difficult track. It's a tricky track to get your head around, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and it's a tricky track to, to, to uh, make adjustments for the car. So you, you, can, take, you can take all these uh, uh, direction changes in this area where I lost it. It's difficult. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a track I found very difficult to learn. Usually you learn a track in, say, five laps. But this track, I'm not, I'm not sure I've even learned it, to be honest. No, yeah, you you still have to uh, to go about what you can see. You cannot uh, like uh, know it yet. I, it will come. I have a lot of time in the car still to go. So. And it looks also like the car is not too badly damaged and it's being repaired. Do you, are you are you aiming for qualifying or I hope to get out in this practice session? We're hoping to get out in this practice so that we don't have to 
to all of us. We can only reach two laps in the qualifying, and that's not enough to feel the car. So I hope one of us can get out here. Okay, Michael, thanks for that story there. 49 minutes left, so plenty of time. I'll say that, no pressure, lads. <laughs> Well, not, not until you put it on them uh, there, Joe. And a fair point well made, I thought, by Mr. Bradley there. This is a track that you have to break down into its constituent parts. Uh, and that first part is all the way from turning into breaking and turning into turn one to basically the, I would say, the breaking point for the back straight. Because yeah. every, I was talking uh, this morning to Bryce Ward from Wimwood Racing uh, at breakfast, and I oh know it was last night. Excuse me, um, he was nipping out for uh, dinner uh, with his son Russell, and we were talking about Turn Nine. And he said, "What do you think of Turn Nine? I said, "Well, if you're going to start talking about Turn Nine, you've got to back up to Turn Seven, because you can't talk about Turn Nine without." going back to set yourself up all the way from the two corners before and, and turn nine is, is one of the places where I think the bumps have got worse um, and you absolutely unless you're super confident with the back end of your car particularly so maybe you'd get away with it in a front wheel drive car I, I think you've got a short shift there um, it was pretty much a short shift there last year but I think this year it's, it's almost certainly a short shift to ensure you're not doing any wheel spin uh, because the car goes light there and that's when you swap ends and go into the the barriers on driver's left that's one of the few places that don't have a, a lot of runoff it would be fascinating and i'm sure he has this on his computer because he's that sort of a person to see onboard lap footage from ben keating oh, yeah. from all the years of the race cars because he won here in 2013 2014 2015 and 2017 in what is effectively GTC, GTD level cars. So yep. you could compare directly the lines he has to take. And it's not like he's evolved that much as a driver. He's always been competent. Oh, been good. So it would be fascinating to see that. And Ben, if you're, well, he's not listening because he's, he's in, in the car, car right now. But if anybody is listening from his team who would have access to that, i.e. Mr. Bill Riley, that would be very, very interesting to do an overlay. Ben Keating out in the car at the moment and in fact I think it's just gone out so we'll see his times coming in but that is the fastest car out there at the moment with the best of 2081 2088 so that's an improvement for the number two Black Falcon car it was just half a second it's now gone out to three quarters of a second seven tenths actually uh, as Brett uh, Curtis has just taken out the number two, number three uh, Black Falcon, excuse me. Charles Espenlauer has pitted in the 85. No surprise to me to see three Mercedes at the top, but in, as I say that, the Ferrari and Mike Headland, good for you, Mike, jumps up into third position in the 488 GT3 from HB Racing, and that then takes over the best position in the AM category, which was being held by Charles Espenlauer. So here comes the Mercedes. Does he improve on his fastest past. time? Theoretical was showing that he was going to improve and no. Doesn't improve. But what a lap from Mike Hedlund, a guy who's raced here. Two or nine and a half on the nose. Two or nine and a half. Wow. He's raced here in Audi R8s, in Porsche Cup cars, in 
PC cars. He's driven just about everything under the sun, but coming in with the Ferrari, that's a new experience. So very impressive lap time from Mike Hedlund, considering a couple of weeks ago he was driving a Mercedes GT3 car that he was pretty unfamiliar with. Now he's jumping into the Ferrari. And, well, he's driven Ferraris in the past, but the GT3 version of the 488, that in itself takes him getting used to. In our TCE categories... Top class there is TCR and it's Zorg Rensport with the Audi number number 152 that's at the top of the pile uh, at the moment ahead of the similar car of Antoine, Lac uh, Antoine Lacoste in the TFT Top Lock Racing RS3. Both of those uh, cars in the 222s, 222.7, 222.9. I mean, that's right where GT is, GT4 is. In fact, the 991s, by the way, are in between the A6s <laughs> and the GT4s in terms of their, terms of their last time, lap times. They're down in the 15, 16, 17s. That's very impressive indeed from those cars. And don't forget, there's that new... Uh, we saw it at the Night of Champions, didn't we, Shea? The new Cup MR. Yes. Which is a sort of a halfway house between a 991 Gen 2 Cup car and a 991 GT3, effectively. And the first one to the United States was just delivered last week out in California. Right. They were doing some testing with it with some hot shoe driver, Californian, Mr. Patrick Long. He was the first one to give he it a was proper shakedown. And uh, his, you could tell he was excited about the car because before it arrived, there was one or two Instagram post videos, whatever. And immediately after he'd driven it, he retweeted about 27 different videos of himself in the car. And you could, you could tell it was a bit like a kid on Christmas. Looks fabulous with oh, the wider body. It's got the uh, GT3 rear end on that car and a couple of extra little tweaks. Uh, it's not in point of fact really homologated for anything yet it's not being built into a particular class but what we know about Kravendik and the Hankook 24 hour series is they will find somewhere for it to go I suspect it would end up in SPX to start with until they had a little more data on it um, It it's certainly much quicker than a GT4 car because it's quicker than a 991 Cup car well, and we don't have any SPX cars here this no. weekend, which is interesting. There were a couple on the initial entry list, but they all found different homes in other classes, which is good. That 991 car that we've got out there on the track this weekend, though, so not the new car. No. When it rains on Sunday, and I'm saying when to mentally prepare myself for that eventuality, those cars are going to be flying around here. Porsches plus rain equals happy. Well... Porsches plus any kind of issues with grip uh, on the driving wheels, the, the rear driving wheels of a GT car, that's a very happy situation. So if it's extremely hot or it's in any way Not wet... Not going to happen, by yeah, the way. Well, Not 20 hot. degrees is, I think, is as good as we'll get. Oh, very... That sounded like a spin. Yeah. Spin and a recovery on the final corner. Didn't see who that was as we've got a couple of cars coming into the pit lane in front of us. Uh commentary booth our uh, radio show limited network broadcast center is uh, just on the pit lane speed limit area on pit in at ground level uh, so what we can see outside is a beautiful view of some concrete blocks and the occasional rear wing going, uh, going okay, past we, many uh, from for almost every time i was here for the wec 
back in the day, uh, oh. there'd be a fire engine parked outside of this window. Yes, yes, true. If I sit on my foot, I can actually see the little orange curbs on the outside of turn 20. Okay. So just a little bit of added elevation. Um, it's a great Put view. chair up a bit, can you? Full extension? Well, I... I haven't gone that far yet. Okay. I just went for the basic add foot below okay. self. Um, if you remember a few years back, we've had some great moments at Cirque de the Americas and some not so great moments. We had an incident in one of the endurance races between one of the uh, Tequila Patron cars yep. that got thrown up into the air at this final turn. That's basically the edge of our visibility. With, with Ed driving it. With Ed driving it. Yeah. That that. Where that took place, if you remember where that took place, that is as far down as we can see. So that'll give people out there maybe a general idea of our range of visibility. That Herberth car looks gorgeous. Sorry, shiny. Just came by the window, and that was the first time I've noticed it. So go down to the pit lane. Indy Donchi has just taken out the Windward Racing HTP Motorsport Mercedes AMG GT4. Uh, it is the leader in GT4 at the moment with a very, very competitive 2.19.1 lap time. That means we can have a quick word with Bryce Ward, who's with Bruce Jones. Bryce Ward is the smiling Bryce Ward, top of the GT4 class. Indy Donchi just taken over, but uh, the car looks really good out on the track. Doesn't seem to suffer too much with the bumps. Yeah, you know, the engineering staff have done a fantastic job of getting the car to settle down. So I really, really enjoyed the stint. Um, haven't been here for about a year, and so it was good to be back. Now, qualifying coming up. What are you doing in the moment in practice? You've just got out. Indy's just got in. You're just rotating the drivers just to give everyone a shot. Yes, yeah, so we've decided who's going to qualify. You know, we're going to put two drivers up there. Indy and Russell are going to go and uh, put some times down. And, you know, I think... We've set the car up for a long run, so uh, pole position would be fantastic. But the, the, the goal is really just to get, get up front there uh, and see where the race takes us. It's an awful long race and, you know, uh, qualifying is not the most important part. But obviously we'd love to be up front there. And obviously with the 24-hour race, with the split, so you can get a bit of sleep. It's a lot of track time if all goes well. Now, I've heard rumours that you, you sometimes talk of uh, retirement coming up from racing, but you don't have the demeanour, may I say, of somebody who looks as though he's going to hang his helmet up. Uh, for those on radio, the smile is enormous. Well, you know, Grant Barkley, the team manager, said, Bryce, I guess you're coming out of retirement for the third time. And so, yeah, it's really, I mean, I really love the sport. It's just fantastic. And while I'm not the quickest out there, I have, I have the most fun, I believe. I think on a track like this, with weather like this, how couldn't you? Absolutely, absolutely true. Absolutely wonderful in weather and great track. Good people, great team. So I look forward to uh, representing Mercedes really well. Excellent, well done. I'll leave you to go and crunch some numbers or have a coffee or whatever you do next. Thanks, Bryce. Thank you very much. Yeah, this time last year, remember, that car was running in SPX because yep. it hadn't been homologated and HTP uh, brought some cars across, including the cars that Winwood would campaign all of this year in what this year was the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge. And uh, there was a, a brood of them came over. And I think it was only one of the Winwood cars that got through unscathed uh, at this time last year. And it had to go to do the... IMSA test not very shortly afterwards yes the, uh, one was able to drive away at the end of the race yeah, about the they, only one they all had teething pains which was very useful to discover at this test because then well this race which they used as a test because then they were able to go into Daytona with cars that were far more competitive and it was an 
AC belt that kept getting thrown that was knocking other bits of the engine off that wound up being big issues and they couldn't even turn the AC off to avoid it. They learned that here at Circuit of the Americas. It was the other two Black Falcon cars, as you rightly remember, John, that they had much bigger they went incidents. In the wall. Yes, yeah. one of them backwards. And that was a that was a new tube required yes. on that first time out. And a, and a new tube. One of my highlights of the race last year was battling with... Uh, Damien Faulkner for position on track. You were toying uh, with him. Uh, for, I think we were sitting 21st and 22nd overall and uh, not battling for a class position but battling for an overall position and had a good run with Damien uh, who has moved on from uh, Winwood, having done so much of the hard work of bringing that team into being and also bringing Bryce and Russell Ward up to speed with his Exceptional coaching skills. One thing to be a quick driver and quite another to be able to pass on some of that expertise uh, to the drivers. And both Russell and Bryce have certainly, certainly um, had the benefit of, uh, of that. As I say, I had a word with Bryce last night. Uh, wish the... Um, Mrs. Bright, uh, Mrs. Bryce Wilson the best. She uh, had argument with the horsepower of a different kind and uh, has uh, suffered a nasty little injury which she's recovering from back at home. I'm not sure if she'll be tuned in listening to these early sessions, but uh, we wish her all the best well, anyway. Mrs Ward, we hope you get well soon. Yeah, absolutely right. And a racetrack's a good cure. Oh, listening to racing yeah. while you're sitting recovering. The, 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 your husband and your boy are doing good work. There's no doubt about that at the moment. Uh, we have got 36 minutes to go. We're live trackside from the Circuit of the Americas. Hello there. Uh, a Friday afternoon here, uh, already pushing into Friday evening in Europe as Adam Christodoulou goes to the top in one of the A6 Am cars. Adam, very much a pro. Uh, and great to see Adam here. Was meant to do a little more racing yes. through the earlier part of the season here and wasn't able to get all the paperwork sorted out. I'll leave it at that. Uh, but he's taking the Pro Sport Performance Mercedes AMG GT3, which he shares with the two Charles and... And Joe. Uh, Joe Foster as well in that car. 2.07.962 on the 20th lap. That's the fastest lap of the session. Was that quicker than Ooh, we went this morning? Three-tenths away from it. All so right, okay. he's, he's getting a lot closer, but we still have a bit to go to uh, get down to that time of this morning. Adam, no stranger to racing in the U.S., though. He was the 2009 Star Mazda champ, if you think back that Sure, I'd be delighted to have you remind everybody he's been around for that long. Here's, here's the other thing, though. He hasn't raced here. No. He's an American champion who's never raced at Circuit of the Americas. It didn't exist when he won that championship. No, no, it didn't. No. I'm sure he'll appreciate you reminding him of that, John. The, he's become very much a, a superstar in the GT ranks, having had yeah. a uh, relatively successful single-seat career, uh, including that championship win that she has just mentioned. Uh, fell in love with the Nürburgring, has become a specialist there, uh, and has built this reputation and a pretty good partnership with the, the guys... The other guys who are racing at Pro Sport, they've drafted him in on a couple of occasions. He fits in well there. It's the same... Um, that's still attached. Okay. Sorry. I'm pulling at a hair on my head. Um, he, he has a very kind personality, and that is the general gist of the people at Pro Sport. Charles Putman, who's been an American star for such a long yes. time racing back, even in Grand Am, 
the champion of that series back in 2010, Charles Espenlob, another guy who's been in Grand Am forever and a day, really made a name there, drove from Mazda. He discovered Creventic and found a home that was a new challenge for him, new tracks, new circuits, new rulebook, new cars. And it's really flourished for the two Charles. They have been driving with Joe Foster for a long time now. And Joe's another guy who, uh, his roots go deeper here than back. you can imagine. Yeah. And then to bring Adam in, they're all just genuinely good people. I'm just looking to see who's being called in and see if I can see. Kyle Marcelli has brought the Rentec Mercedes back into the pit lane. He's brought that car up to third. So they were a bit tardy to the session, as we heard from Joe Bradley earlier on. This is the number 890 Mercedes. Yeah, that's the uh, Ducote family outing with Paul Barnhart and Kyle Marcelli. Not at all surprised that Kyle was able to bring the car up further. They did do quite a bit of testing earlier on in the week, though. I saw pictures of the car as far back as Wednesday when it was running around on track. Uh, and who was the other car that we hadn't seen? That was the Janetta, wasn't it? And I'm not seeing that on the timing screen anymore. So hopefully that means it's pulled itself up the ranks. Either that or it's just being hidden by messages from race control telling cars to respect track limits at turn 19. Oh, and turn 9 as well, as car 41 has now caught the ire of race control. That's Hulahan Han in the Ferrari 488 GT3 car from HP Racing that Mike Hedlund put in the time. Still fourth best for that car, so he is the best of the rest, fastest non-Mercedes as, ooh, quite a few more cars have been asked for their team managers yes, to go to the I race director. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, at RSL underscore studio here. That will get right into us here at the uh, at the studio at our broadcast centre. Uh, as I say, moving into the evening time in Europe, uh, where, uh, what, we were six hours behind the UK, seven behind Europe at the moment. A nice way to kick off your uh, Friday evening if you're not going out and socialising. We will have pictures for uh, night practice uh, and qualifying. Qualifying then night practice. Actually, I should get that the right way around. Must, by the way, uh, yeah, we're covering this series here this weekend, but obviously we keep our eye on what's going on. A huge slap on the back and congratulatory clap to Chris Meese, who at uh, Bathurst, Mount Panorama, uh, has become the first driver in a GT3 car, albeit a GT3 car that wasn't under a uh, homologated situation for BOP weight and restrictors, lapped under two minutes around the mountain. I want to see the onboard. It's, I can pull it up if you'd like, Excellent. but then I would lose you for two minutes. Yeah. Um, it's the sort of thing... One minute, 59 point, whatever it was. Yeah. You would lose me for all of that time. It's staggering to really? watch. Yeah, because you're you're terrified riding on board with him going, no, a little more breaks there at the great... Oh, never, never mind. Never mind. Okay, we it. survived. Um, no, it's fantastic. I, I'm so proud for Chris, too. And for Audi. He's a two-time race winner of the Bathurst 12-hour is Chris Mees. He's had no luck there no. since he got those wins back in 2011 and 2012. Uh, and also, whilst we're on that, obviously, we'll have a team down there in, in early February for the uh, Liquid Molly Bathurst 12 hours. The other big news, Mercedes-Benz, well, that's big news. We like to see the AMG GTs, the GT3s on the mountain, but a AAA Vodafone team car, which is just a, a team of all talent. 
You can take the silly smile off your face now and talk. I can't. I can't take the silly smile off my face. Shane Van Gisbergen, Jamie Winkup, and Craig Lowndes in a car together for the 12 hour. Might I remind you the last time that uh, Jamie and Craig shared a car, that was the Ferrari. That was Mm. Marinello. They won the race. Yeah. Throw in Shane Van Gisbergen, the guy who won the race in 2016 in a McLaren, into that equation. And oh my goodness, it's going to be exciting. I cannot wait for February. Crazy uh, normally does the little countdown where he tells you how many days until the green flag. I need to get on him to, to start doing that again. That's uh, full coverage of every session. The only broadcaster that can say that. Uh, that is early February next year. And they add that to our already announced IMSIC full coverage for 2019. And still plenty more to be confirmed on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. There was just a yellow flag at turn 18, which is an interesting place for a yellow flag unless somebody spun on their own and then was able to continue. There's plenty of room there if you go driver's left. I have seen yeah. people in the wall there on driver's right. Ooh. You just lose the back end. This is a, I was very interested listening to Bryce Ward talking earlier on about the car getting set up. I, I think this is a car, a track where you want a car that is... You don't want a, a car that's pushing. You don't want an understeer car here, I don't think. Although that is quite safe but it's not quick and you use up the front tyres. Front left tyre is the one that takes the hammer around here uh, with the quick, uh, that quick long right-hander towards the end of the lap. I, I think neutral to a tiny bit of oversteer is what, is what you want on a rear-wheel drive car. Yeah, you'd rather have the back half going toward the wall because you can snap that back into place easier. Well, so. And these GT3 and 4 cars now are eminently controllable. If a a fool like me can get round here without falling off then and you did uh, yes only as good as your last race result second <laughs> to hunt to so hunt. it's okay it's yeah. okay we were robbed um <laughs> moving on quickly i'm not sure that mckay snow has driven the entirety of the session the car has just come out of the pit lane once again and it's still showing his name listed against it ah that car has had the team manager asked to go to race director i think ah. it might be for a broken driver plug of some sort. Yes, and Lucas Stoltz has been on the number two car for quite a long time as well, but that has changed. He just got in. I saw Ben Keating's name on that, for sure. I saw Lucas' orange helmet driving the green Mercedes as it came past us onto the start finish line. It stands out. It really does, especially considering Ben Keating's helmet is black. He doesn't waste money painting his helmet when he can spend the money on the car. And Jerome Blakemullen has his red, white, and blue that we are very familiar with. So the bright orange goes to Lucas. That is fitting. Who else have we got? uh, And apparently, uh, we've got a helmet update for Mr. Keating from uh, from Bruce Jones. Only at lunchtime, Shay and I were talking about helmet design, and she said that very thing. Ben doesn't waste money; he just has a pure black helmet. I walked up the pit lane, as you pointed out. He got out of the car, but he's got a he's got a. Stars and Stripes painted it down the side of his helmet. Wow. Painted? Uh, or well, paint or stickered on. It was yeah. from a distance. He's in the back of the garage. I'm going to try and get him out. He's with the engineers. But his first conversation with Sean Breslin as he came in was about track limits. It is a bit of a hot topic at the moment. So uh, hopefully when I can drag him out uh, towards the front, we'll find out a bit more. But he's gone all jazzy with the helmet, but it's still distinctive. Colours aren't bad things. It's just when you put 45 different shades on, your helmet is not distinct at all. But his, he's maybe having a nod to his home event. I'll get him in a moment. Don't have a problem with that, yeah. if I'm honest. I that, think that's pretty cool. That's pretty standard for um, Benny. He has it. It almost looks like tape 
that somebody is just stuck onto the helmet, but he, he doesn't spend the money to get a beautiful, fancy, with the American flag painted on it. He thinks, well, my kids do arts and crafts. I can just borrow some of their sticky tape and throw that on, and that'll work just fine. Ben, who's a, a great guy to have a chat with. Um, have we found a phone book for him to read yet, John? No, but I'd, I'd listen to it. I'd just have him record it. I'd, uh, I'd listen to it. I'd put it on repeat on my generic fruit-based mp3 device well you know he's a car dealer in houston just up the road a couple of hours you could read specs of cars he does uh commercials car commercials they are online if you have not seen them before oh good grief look them up you will be laughing are they good he puts on different personalities i'll put it that way for you good for him yeah let's have an update on the two clicking house uh, 49 is the pro car that's in fourth in class sixth overall with the 2102 and the 704 Craig Stanton in the light speed racing A6 Am car fifth in that category with a 130. Uh, some of the team over on the Baja this weekend. Ooh. Yeah. Do you see that Alexander Rossi's doing that? Yeah. There was a great Photoshop of him in an Indy car with big wheels on it. Baja 1000, just a couple thousand miles south of here. Last 25 minutes of this first and only free practice session. We go into qualifying and then we've got some night practice. I suppose you could call that free practice too for the night practice. But this is the only chance to get the cars dialed in before we go qualifying. There will be two separate qualifying sessions. One for the uh, 24 hour GT series and one for the TCE series. Uh, and we will have sound and vision for that. And for the rest of the weekend. After that, our colleagues at uh, 0-2-5-1 will be uh, getting their pictures to you and to the world. Uh, just been talking Glickenhouse and Nick Dearman, who's just taken over from Joe Bradley down in the pit lane, has wandered to Glickenhouse. Which Glickenhouse, Nick? Uh, oh, that's, it's the light speed one. Excellent. That's the 704 with 704. Greg Stanton. That's the AM car. <laughs> the AM car. Uh, with Andreas Stevenson. Andreas, uh, give us your experience so far of this uh, uh, amazing Glickenhouse machine. Yeah, for sure. We, I've been racing now for three years at the Nürburgring and coming here and driving on a normal circuit is quite different. We they developed a lot of things on the cars, which we are trying out. Uh, it's also the first time now with the Hancock for a long time for us. We did Mugello a couple of years ago, but we are trying to figure out the new setup comparable to the car. So no, it's, it's working so far quite good. So we just continue working yeah, through this session and hopefully we can be there on the qualifying later on. Give us an idea of the sort of change you need to make to a car that's normally running around the Nürburgring to one going around a, uh, an, an F1 circuit. Yeah, first of all, you need to compare it to the different set of tyres we have and make it slightly more aggressive. On the Nürburgring, you need to find a good rhythm in the car to make it more smoother carrying around the track. Uh, this track with the hairpins and stuff, you need to basically readjust the whole setup on the car to make it more agile. Uh, the Nürburgring, you don't have... You have two slow corners where you're both going over 100 kilometers an hour, so it's not really a slow track. So there's quite a lot of difference on the on the car, and also we developed the car a lot, so that also makes a lot of changes. And how much experience do you personally have with the Circuit of Americas? Uh, I've done 30 laps on a test a couple of weeks ago, so that's it. And now a couple of laps now, so that's all. But I love the track. They should let you out again, really, shouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to a word. Yeah, Nick Dearman down in the pit lane. Joe Bradley's joined us in the studio. I um, have. To cool down. Really? Yeah. Oh, you just think you two have been 
telling us rubbish all week. But it's been cool. It's beautiful out there. If I've got a bit of a sweat on, I'd take my sweatshirt. Yeah, I'd take my coat off. It's you know what? It's perfect though. I mentioned this earlier. The air is cool and there's a cool breeze. Yeah. The engines will be loving that. There'll be no overheating issues. And usually when we get to hotter climates, we have a problem with cooling on the cars. That's not going to be an issue. And mm. we're going to have, as a ta- from a tire engineer's point of view, pretty much perfect conditions track temperature wise literally going to have the tyre right at the optimum point where you're going to get the best out of it. Already spoke to the tyre engineers about what sort of circuit this is with regards to tyre degradation and they said they kind of shrugged their shoulders as if like what do you mean tyre degradation there isn't an issue here and it wasn't it you Hindoff who mentioned in your taxi ride runs when you took the, the car around mm. usually when we take our uh, um, when um, you take a street car cars, around. a street car around you yeah. end up with lots of rubber pickup and you fill in the gaps in your tread and you carry them all the way home a bit like um, your tennies absolutely like yeah. yeah absolutely you pick them up in your train shoes not here so the tires are working absolutely perfect they're not tearing themselves apart we're not ripping tread off the tires which is what exactly what uh, pickup is of course it's layers of rubber that just peel and rub off and, and eventually uh, get flung off the tire so it's uh, it is ideal out there unfortunately it's not going to stay the same though is it we're going to have Night practice is important for various things. The track changes completely in the dark. Your reference points disappear. Where was it? Oh, where's that point that I was breaking at? Oh, it's all dark now. I can't see it. Um, as well as that, the lighting on the car needs to be set up. And we've have got undulation here at their quarter. Oh, so yeah. we need to set your, your lights up to be pointing in the right direction and where you need them. Um, and also there's the obligatory two laps, um, which each driver has to uh, achieve to qualify. Um, if they don't, because of force majeure then there are um there are um the discretion of the uh, of the of the race officials we can you know i'm ahead of the game here but um sunday is going to be wet and we're going to go into Ish. sunday wet, wet. well it's a damp it's whether it's damp or not it's not good it's not a dry track it doesn't get wet ish here we've got cold 60 at the moment by the way but this there's not it's an issue practice, is it, it is a practice yeah. what, what i was about to say is going into sunday it's going to be the first time anyone has has gone and uh, used this track in wet conditions because i think last year we didn't have any no, wet sessions dry. whatsoever no. it was did steaming we? hot last yeah. year Joel. yeah it was over 100 degrees was it really that, was it that hot and it, it was super hot in the cars I managed, I, I don't know how, but my rotation happened to be in the hottest part of the day, both days. And so then I got the, the night car out. when it was at the yeah. height of the, yeah. the sun was at the height of itself. Both times. They must yeah, have looked at us and thought, remember, can't do it. Was it that? Well, they must have, mate. They obviously put the athlete in the car at that <laughs> point. They're looking <laughs> at the team. Um, or something. They were going to put the baker in. Peter Cape must have been busy, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> drinking tea. Yes, drinking tea. Yeah. He had the Chagothnan on. With cake provided by Paul Hollywood. Yeah. We got all those jokes out last year. All of them are done. Hey, they, hey, they're done. There's no reason why we can't do them all again, even though they're not here. <laughs> Best result that car had all last season. It was a podium. Was. Second place. Yeah, absolutely. Sunset is expected at 5.30 today to give you an indication we're at that stage of the year. Yeah, that winter begins sort of early. 5.30? 5.30 today is when the wow. sun will set. And it'll I know be it's dark by 6, 6.15. It will be very wow. dark. It will be very dark, which means wow. we're going to have a lot of running during the Saturday portion of the race that will be in the dark. But then even more terrifying is you were just bringing up the thought of rain for Sunday night in the dark of the night. Bring it on. That's going to be intimidating on a whole nother level. I love I love wet. But that's dark. what makes the that's what um, sorts the men from the boys, isn't it? And 
Or the women for the girls. Or the women for the girls, indeed. Um, it, you know, it, it brings out who the best drivers are. Um, TCE, my, my thoughts go immediately to the Finnish drivers yeah. in that Baskutan car um, who are able to, you know, drive on any kind of conditions, it seems like. Well, um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. As to, and it's also how the wall calls it. And it's how the look plays out. You just might be on the right tyres at the right time or the track conditions might be on the, you know, come to you at the right time. It may cost you an extra pit stop. It's really going to shake things up going into Sunday. So it's a, it's a, it certainly is a race of two halves, this, mm. isn't it? Uh, four uh, halves, you I told us. four halves the other day. On Midweek Motorsport, you I said did. it was a race of four halves. I, I, did, I, did I actually quantify what I meant? No. I meant it's in the light. Then it's into the dark. Then it's into the, the the light in the rain, and then it's into the dark in the rain. It's a completely different environment. You you so you drove here last year, right? Yeah. How different is the track when the sun goes down? Don't say it just gets dark. It's not. It's exactly the same. It doesn't move. No, but the, your reference points and stuff. Well, that's but you've got to pick reference points that you can see in the dark. That's the key. Well, the, how do you know you can see them in the dark until it gets dark? Because you do night practice. That's what right, night practice so, is for. So, you, so that's what I mean. Don't forget, tonight. I did quali in the dark. That was the first time I'd driven the car in the dark. Was me two quali? Was me quali lap? But had you been in the dark? No. So how well lit is it round here? It's not. Not. It's not. It's just the front straight, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you well, the front straight well, is, is lit by what's on the on the grandstand. So yes. did you rely on your timing, your head time, your timing in your head? You know, you brake, you change down, you turn in, you power on, you brake, you change down, you power The lights you know. on the Aston were very good, so you could see the apices of the corners. So was um, your reference points not out, like, towards the you, barriers? You've, that were towards you've, got the to be, you've got to be careful about what you pick and then what you can see when you dot, when you dot. For example, down the back straight, in the dark... You can't see what the brake markers say hmm. because they just reflect. Right, so it's just so I just had to, so I was driving a left-hand drive car, so all I was doing was counting them as they went past the air, air pillar. Hmm. Yeah, that, and that was just like a flash of light. Yes, going correct. Past the air pillar, correct, and and that's that's what I was right. doing. So but, also, but but you you know, look, we're not. I'm I'm, I'm not good enough to do this I'm not a Formula 1 driver so you also go I can see the corner coming up I need to brake right now <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah yes. and I'm driving a GT4 car which is if, which particularly that age of GT4 car is really a mildly modified street car so it's just like driving a road car quick so you, you still the road's not going anywhere so it's like it's, it's like driving down a road that you know very very well um, you're giving yourself a little bit of you're probably giving yourself far less uh, room to make a mistake because you know there's nothing coming the other direction yes of course um, and you've got all the road to play with yes of but, course but you still drive you're still using all the things that you would do if you were driving a fast road car on your favourite country road and, and so you're still taking in your surroundings. The, the, what changes everything is traffic mm. and getting offline. And then you're going past the little RCZ Peugeot and you look out, there's nothing there. You pull, say, going through the kink at 10 down towards the breaking point at 11. There's nothing there. By the time you've got to your breaking point at 11, there's a GT3 car. 
that's appeared that Scotty has beamed in from somewhere. Yeah. It's gone quiet, by the way, because we have actually got a proper Code 60 now. And the safety car is out circulating as well. I just right. saw a shot of it on their uh, gopher cam as our wonderful camera crew is testing out all of the equipment. That's turn 19. That's excellent. Um, actually, no, we're still testing the Code 60 procedure. I will, yes. I'll give that back. The thing... That, that most threw me out, Joe, and with my goldfish-like brain, it, it threw me out a lot. There are a couple of places where there, there are lights out on the track to illuminate some of the marshal's posts. Um, I did notice yesterday... So that's where you can see the flags, of course. ...that the... Um, the... Let's uh, just go down. I'll, I'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, I'll, I'll, let's go down to Bruce in the pit lane. Bruce, with a, uh, some good news. Yeah, well, the car that was having all the, the the car that was having all the work, the Perfection Racing Europe, Ginetta has uh, just finally got out into the session. Ironically, when the track is under full safety car, but uh, at least the fix has been completed. Glad to see that Janetta finally get back out on the circuit since it's missed, uh, what, all but 13 minutes of this practice session. So let me just uh, go back to the point I was talking about, sorry, while we've got a bit of quiet. I think we've just gone back to green, yes, actually, we have. Uh, for the last uh, 13 minutes. Um, there are some lights out there to illuminate the marshal's post. So you can see the flags. Yes, but there are far more um, boards, uh, automatic boards this year than they were last year. Hmm. Um, saw them yesterday. Um, but all of those lights that are lighting the marshal's post, of course, they can't be in front of you because they'd be straight in That's your right. eyes. So the behind shined on the track. And there are a couple of places where you come across turn nine. Came across the top of turn nine. Every single time I came across the top of turn nine in the dark, I thought there was a JT3 car had just appeared behind me because I got a flash of it in, in a mirror. Also coming to the... Just coming into the the braking area for the hairpin at 15, where you uh, 14 uh, the right hander, then you go straight across the little bit, the, the sort of edgy bit, and then you just just as you're about to, oh, and, and you got a little flash yeah. every lap, well, every you, single lap. Jochen Mass was telling me a very similar story to that when in a 9.35 back in 1979. in the same story. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen to this because it's exactly the same. Because you're in good company here. So the, the door flies off, so they continue without a door. And as, as, the, as the sun goes down and the lights come more into play, as he's turned into corners, the shadow comes by his own shadow. And oh, he yes. goes, oh. Oh, oh. yes. It's like, oh, there's a car there. Oh, no, it's my own shadow. He was literally afraid of his own shadow. Fantastic. But, hey, if, the, if it can happen to people like Jochen Masshindorf, you're in good company. Without a doubt. So we have got 11 and a half minutes to go huh. here. Yep. And uh, let's have a look at the times again, share please. Anthony Imperato is now showing in the number 991, the car 991. It is car number 91. That won't get at all confusing for Wright Motorsports. It is still that number 85 Mercedes, though, that is the quickest car of the session with the 207.962, that time set by Adam Christodoulou. It is currently Charlie Putman behind the wheel. Lucas Stoltz is the second quickest car. He is in the pit lane, car number two for Black Falcon, another Mercedes, but he is the fastest of the A6 Pro runners. 
In the GT4 category, Russell Ward has taken over car number 84 for Windward Racing, HTP Motorsport, that time 216.701. Good margin over the rest of uh, the GT4 class, the second quickest car with the 220. In SP2, the fastest car out there is the JR Motorsport BMW, still bows shooting behind the wheel now. And in TCR, it is Sorg Rensport, their Audi RS3 LMS with the DSG gearbox. Dan Rogers is driving the car currently, number 152. SP3, Lamara Cup car of Laurent Piguet is quickest with the 123 flat. And what other class do we have? Cup 1, it's Martin Kroll for the Hoffa Racing, powered by Bunk Motorsports. Championship leaders. Yeah. I was just about to say there's under five minutes of practice left. But that's not here. No, <laughs> you have spent too long in Florida. Uh, there's five minutes of practice left. Is Homestead? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll get me caught. Nine and a half minutes left here. Good to see uh, uh, one of our former broadcasters, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> Merking Owe, Kelly Stavist. He didn't mean you. Uh, down at Homestead, part of the NASCAR team. Big weekend for stock cars this weekend with all three of the domestic championships coming to a head. It's the Tucks tonight, Xfinity yeah. tomorrow night, both yep. under the lights. And then the big one on Sunday, of course, for the final four uh, in the Monster Energy Cup. And in trucks, Johnny Sauter with the uh, only driver in the Final Four able to take multiple championships because yeah. he's already been a truck series champ in uh, Xfinity. Kid, you've been watching quite a bit this year. Cole Custer. Cole Custer been doing some uh, some work in some of the IMSA series, of course, yep. learning how to turn right. Two under. races. Did a couple of, it's yep. been part of the development program yes. that Ford have been running a number of their young stock car races through. Yeah, I've um, been very, very impressed with the guys who've come through that. Of course, he's going to have to take out the Burger Fi car if he wants to have a shot at the win. And uh, that has been a series favorite so far this year. And then the big race, Sunday, should be finishing uh, about the same time as this race. So it'll be a big crescendo on Sunday night. More opportunity for me to be completely confused. What? In NASCAR, it's <laughs> very NASCAR easy. finishing at the same time as we are? Oh, no, in NASCAR, it's very easy. Whoever finishes highest up in the race wins the championship. Oh, really? So is if that, you is win that, would, right. in the last four years since they've changed the format there, the person who wins the race has won the championship. Mm. Let's go down to the pit lane. Oh, he's highest up in the race. Doesn't have to win it, of course. No, but the last four years, the race winner has gone on to win oh, yeah, the championship. Okay. Uh, let's go down to Nick Damon in the pit lane. Nick, where are you? Uh, with uh, Max Edelhoff from the car collection and one of the people in the chance of winning the overall championship, Max. Yeah, we are all close together, all cars. And uh, yeah, here in America, it's a very strong race uh, with lots of fast corners. And I think the key fact here on the track is that you have to be consistently on a good lap and, uh, and, and the race with a lot of points. You've had a pretty uh, good season, but you actually missed a race, didn't you? You had to go and do some learning. Yes. <laughs> the first race in Dubai, uh, I could not start because of my, um, of my university. And then uh, the second race, uh, the 12 hours of Imola, uh, I was in my study abroad in Barcelona. And yeah, uh, so I missed two races this year. But you're in business. How, how are you 
I can't remember, did you, were you here last year with the car? Yes, uh, we have been here this year before and uh, we had uh, a good car last year and I think we ended up on third place and uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, do the same this year and uh, Kota is a very nice track for all of us and I really like it here. Max, thank you very much. Enjoy the sun. The young man is sunbathing, he's not in the car. Very good. Uh, Nick Dearman down in the pit lane with six minutes still to go. That's very impressive for a young man to prioritize the schooling over the racing, especially when you get offered to do both. And uh, I'm not entirely sure if his dad would have offered him the ride to uh, skip some school and come and drive a race car, but it's still very impressive when you hear of people choosing their education. A perfect example of that is McKay Snow driving the number 91 for Wright Motorsports, he's missed this entire year in IMSA GT3 Cup because he's a mechanical engineering major at the University of Colorado Boulder. And he, last year he did both and thought, now my grades are suffering and my races aren't great. I need to focus on one. I'm focusing on school. Well, it's like being any sport in, involved in any sport as a career. It, it can end pretty quickly. And uh, it's, it's very sensible. Uh, that the parents of these young people have insisted that they finish their education and then go back to, you know, trying to forge a career in whatever sport that might be. Football, and I mean yeah. proper football. I know what Conan and I'm on. Not uh, hand Your egg. football. Hand egg. <laughs> hand egg. As That's yours. Is, is, is yes. that what he does? Uh, your football, you know, rugby, whatever it might be, tennis player, you know, you can... Well, well, certainly in motorsport, you can run out of budget. Yes. Be the first thing, um, and you know, if you can get a degree, certainly a degree in mechanical engineering yes. and the like, and your involvement in motorsport can be can be such. And as a driver, an understanding of the engineering of the car is a bonus. If you've got a driver that understands, you know, physics, engineering. I, you know, that's going to help him in setting up the car with his engineer, being able to speak in those terms. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's kind of logical and sensible. If you can do it, then do it. Yeah. Stuart Bradley, along with Shea Adam and me, John Hindorf, I've brought Joe into the booth so that you can tell us apart, because apparently there are still people. There were people sending me tweets last week about... Being at Daytona. Yeah, I'm going to pop up and see you at Daytona. Can I put... I'm at Daytona. I, can I pop up and see you? I signed a few autographs as John Hindorf. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah. I also, uh, someone asked me for a job. I've got his card in my wallet. Um, it's would, already it be been in touch. would it be possible to meet? Uh, could I come and meet John Hindoff? I says, uh, yeah, mate, not a problem. He's, uh, you're in the wrong part of Florida, though. He's in Sebring. Somebody said that to me. Which well, nice to see you get all over the world, as I do too. Yes. In fact, mate, has anybody ever seen us in the same room together? Apart from Shea, that is. Well, that's assuming that you know, because we might be. You might Shea be throwing your here. voice here. Eve married John. Do we really break sound alike? No, I no, don't think so. Not at all. I don't. I've got a very soft northeast accent, whereas Hindoff hasn't lost his. Shall we speak in our colloquial no, accent? No, as no, no. <laughs> no. End our career when when we uh, <laughs> when we're at the football together. What's on about? <laughs> it's not so very long ago that you did used to talk I like. I can't really speak like that. I don't think I ever spoke like that, Hindoff. Three minutes to go, and it is still the pro sport performance Mercedes with that uh, two minutes nine. 2.7.962, that really should be a 
Borsche time, shouldn't it? Uh, that was Adam Christodoulou who put that time in. Ahead of the Black Falcon number two car, Lucas Stoltz has just brought that car into the pit lane, 2081. 287 for SPS Automotive. Antoine Borga behind the wheel of that car out on the track at the moment. Uh, so it's A6AM, A6 Pro, A6AM, A6 Pro in the top four with SPS and Black Falcon. The number three car, Scott Heckert uh, taking that car out. The number three, as far as the non-GT3 uh, classes, 991, still Wright Motorsports. Anthony Imperato's just gone out uh, in the 91 Wright Motorsports car. Is it red and white? It is. Oh, good. It That's. I haven't seen oh, all of the cars. I'm, I apologise. It looks like Imperato's car. Oh, right. It, so it's, it's white the with white the orange. With the orange and the black stripes okay. on it. The uh, car that JDX. JDX is running, the 74, which I keep wanting to call the 3, because it does look like Trenton Estep's car. All right. So that that's the black and gold yes, car. Yes. The, okay, the Hertz colored okay. livery. Yep. They are first and second, the two IMSA uh, Porsche GT3 Cup teams with their 991s uh, running uh, two. Well, there's a bit of time between them, isn't there? 213-4, 215-7 between those two. Next uh, uh, class leader is the Winwood Racing HTP Motorsport Mercedes. Russell Ward's just taking that car out. 216-7 uh, on that particular car. Which is miles ahead of next in class. That's which gone is faster since the last time we spoke about that because it was well, on a 17-something. When I did the rundown, he was at a 216 and next in class was at a 220. Yeah. Uh, so there was a big gap. Jason Hart has brought the gap down a little bit. The classic BMW number 272 has done a 219-2, but it's still a big gap to that Mercedes. Best, I think the best lap that Peter did last year, he rang a 219 out of the Aston. Uh, mm -hmm. But our our time that we were told to do was, uh, that I was told to do was 20, 22s, uh, 23s, mid 23s. I managed to sort of do that and get down into the 22s a little as well. I think my average overby stints was a 23-1 or something like that. Uh, in GT4, that is. In TCR, Zork Sport with the 151 Audi leads the TFT Top Lock Racing. 555, the triple five similar car by a couple of tenths or thereabouts. SP3 leaders, the La Mera Cup, Laurent Piguet, the 238 car, that's in the pits at the moment. SP2 leader is the M3 F80, the GR Motorsports by Schutten up in 14th position and a very creditable 217. That's right on GT4 pace, isn't it? Top GT4 pace. Uh, SP3, uh, we did that, that was the La Mara Cup. Ah, oh, Cup 1 is the Hoffa Racing, powered by Bonk 235 BMW, and that is sitting in 30 to 32nd position, 32th position. Uh, Martin Kroll uh, in that 131 car. Where's the other Cup 1 car? A uh, little bit further down on the chart. That should be the Zorg... Uh, the... Zorg Rensport, 151 car, should it uh, not? 151 is... Has that changed class? No, off, I don't it's think off so. The screen. It's off the screen. Ah, right. Yeah. I see. We've only got 32 of the 33 cars. That is what's just confused me. The checkered flag is out. First car to see it was Alfred Renauer in the Herberth Motorsport car. Might be a uh, portent of what we're going to see later on in the weekend as they were the winners last year. The number 911 Porsche. They were sixth fastest in that session. 
And a yellow flag out at turn two. Again, that's sort of an odd spot for a yellow flag. Don't be put off by them being down the grid order there, or the, or the timing screen. Oh, I'm not. They, they, you know, I've seen that car qualify sixth, ninth. And then after three or four hours, you think, how did that get in the lead? When did that get in the lead? How did it get in the lead? Well, I didn't notice that. And it, and it just sits there. And that's what it did here, exactly what yep. it did here last year. It's, they're very, very good at playing the tactical game, playing the Code 60s, refueling as and when. Not every time. Not every time that yeah. Code 60 comes out. It's not it as straightforward like as that. It does sometimes feel like it, but it's not. When you look back at the, uh, at the data from the race, you see just how clever they are. And it's... It's not, I think, insignificant as a contributory factor that the Pro Sport team share a garage with that Herbeth car. Hmm. Let's go down and pick up some of our fastest cars in class and Nick Damon will kick off this little segment. Well, I'm not sure of this home field advantage, uh, Joe Foster from the 85 Pro Speed car, but you are fastest on the first session. No, actually, uh, yeah, we've had a good session. We definitely worked on the car the last two uh, test days. That was Adam's lap, not mine. Adam did, did a great job. Obviously, uh, he drives these things every weekend somewhere, so he's really, really good. And uh, although it is his first time at this circuit, by the way, so he's learned it very quickly. And how is you know, the three more senior drivers going on it? Oh, no, we, we love this place. We uh, raced here. Actually, the last time I raced here was with Kravantic last year, uh, all of us um, in the Porsche in the 991 class. And uh, it's a fun circuit. It's, uh, it's gotten bumpy over the years. How's the balance of the car, and how are you setting up? Because this race is interesting. We were going, going to go into the dark twice, be in the morning twice, probably have rain on Sunday. Yeah, you know what? It just keeps it interesting, I guess. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of everything, for sure. But, and, and, and are you therefore looking for a safe setup, or are you going to go aggressive? No, we'll always go safe. We always, as you've seen from the past, we always tend to play the averages and don't go for absolute pace. We go for average. Okay, Foster, thanks a lot. Okay, thank you. Uh, Hugh, out, second, uh, I mean, top of the pro class in the number two Mercedes, but you came in early and a bit of work going on on the car. What's happening? Yeah, Luca, my teammate, he had a slight touch with the car he overtook, but... Um, Nothing serious. It's just uh, safety reasons, so we changed some parts now. Now, track limits. A lot of the drivers were looking up at the screens when they came in. It seemed a lot of drivers were transgressing. Have you a comment on that as well? Yeah, I, I had 12 track time limits, but we checked on the video, and uh, I, I'm not sure if the rule is very, really clear, because two tires have to be on the track and two are allowed. And I think that the instruction to the, um, to the guards at the, at the track is not 100% correct, because... On our videos, it's not 12 times. This is wrong, but uh, we have to discuss this. Okay, I'll leave you to do that. Hubert, thank you very much. So we will have qualifying coming up next, and that will be in sound on RS1 and sound and vision too on RadioLamont.com. Thanks to Bruce Jones and to Nick Damon in the pit lane, Joe Bradley, Shea Adam and me, John Hindorf in the booth, the omnipresent uh, responsible adult uh, watching over us as well as uh, Kerry and Tim back in London. Ulf is the man who gets us on the air here and our liaison with Eins. Uh, Thanks for joining us for this uh, first and only practice session. It's qualifying and we'll be setting eight pole positions when we come back to the Circuit of the Americas live on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.